Megan quoted just a snippet of our Advent text for today in our candle lighting litany. The whole text is from Jeremiah 29, 1 and 4 to 14. I'm reading from the NRSV, though I've adapted it for inclusive language. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says Adonai Elohim, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have children. Give your children in marriage so that they too may have children in turn. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to God on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says Adonai Elohim, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying, prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says Adonai. For thus says Adonai, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you. And I will fulfill my promise, and I will bring you back to this place. For surely the no, the, I know the plans I have for your welfare, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says Adonai, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you up from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says Adonai, and I will bring you to the place from which I sent you into exile. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. A blessed Advent morning to you all. Advent is all about the messy middle. We tell the story each Advent of a people who is longing for God's salvation, for God's liberation, for the reign of God, which is somewhere ahead of them, not yet with them. This is a time when we tell the story of the messy middle and of the longing for something down the road. As Jesus followers, however, we also believe that God's salvation and God's liberation came through Jesus, the incarnation of God, God's liberating and saving word that became flesh and dwelt among us or tented among us. We just heard the Christmas story, in fact, in our story for all ages. So we both tell the story of the waiting for something 
And we also know that thing that we were waiting for has happened. We, as Jesus followers, believe that the Jesus who lived and taught and healed and liberated and showed the way and resisted the empire's power until that empire so threatened by his message and his movement and the way that he was showing to the people, that empire killed him. We believe that that Jesus has come as the answer to the people's longing. That Jesus, whom our forebears testify after he was killed by the empire, rose again, breathed the spirit on his people and proclaimed God's final word, which was and is life. So we know the end of the story. As Jesus followers, there's always a bit of play acting in Advent, in this messy middleness. So we tell the story of those who wait and watch and are longing, and we also know the end of the story. Except, <laughs> except, and I think this is why Advent has always been my favorite season of the year except it doesn't feel like play acting to me yes it's all heading toward the birth of a child who has a first smile what a delightful little detail in that particular book it's heading toward the birth of a child swaddled in cloths surrounded by animals and adoring parents and lying in a manger yes that is true but I do not have to employ my imagination for getting in touch with that ancient people's experience of the messy middle. I don't have to imagine that at all, actually, because it's one of the most real things that I know. That waiting, watching, yearning, wondering, longing for God's justice and God's peace, for God's liberating shalom vision to be fully realized not just for a few of us but for all of us <laughs> that's one of the most real things i can get in touch with is that longing and waiting and watching and wondering and yearning for that day to come if you read my newsletter this week this will be a repeat but Many years ago, a friend gave me a book called Between the Dreaming and the Coming True, and I do not remember the book. It, I think it was fine. It's like a spiritual autobiography, religious memoir. Uh, I would neither recommend or not recommend it to you. It's faded from memory. <laughs> I think it was fine. The title, however, won't ever leave me between the dreaming and the coming true because it just so fully captures that longing waiting wondering watching that i know so deeply in my body and in my spirit we are between god's dreaming of a just peace for all creation and it's full coming true we're in the messy middle and that's why, as I'll keep saying, Advent is my favorite season. 
because it just captures the whole of life. At least for me as a person of faith, it captures the whole of my life. We are in the messy middle. We are between God's dream and its full coming true. And here in the messy middle, we are longing for life. Jeremiah, in our text this morning, writes to exiles. So Jeremiah is in Jerusalem, has not been exiled himself yet. And he is writing to his people in Babylon who have been exiled to Babylon. Babylon is the ruling empire of the day. The flavor of the month is Babylon. And Jeremiah writes this letter to the exiles in the messy middle. He writes it in between two deportations. So one deportation has already happened. Probably the people who were most resistant to the empire's powers, who spoke up the loudest. We hear in this text that it's the elders and the priests and the artisans. Imagine that, artists. Artists often the sort of leading edge of the prophetic truth-telling of what's happening in the world. Those have been exiled already. There is a second deportation coming. People don't know that yet. Here in the messy middle, the temple is still standing. The temple will fall. And that will be an incomprehensibly devastating experience for this community in terms of their identity and in terms of their purpose, their sense of hope, their sense of home is about to crumble. But they don't know that yet. The temple has not yet been destroyed, but it will be. This is really traumatizing stuff for a community. Already it's traumatizing, and there is more traumatizing stuff to come, and they are in the messy, horrific middle of exile. I'm gonna talk now about the experience of the COVID pandemic and not to compare it to the exile that the Hebrew people experienced at that time. And yet I would say that my experience of this lingering, languishing, ever evolving, <laughs> what new variant has captured the headlines this week, pandemic. I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually have a little bit of a handle hold on being in the messy, horrific middle of a collectively traumatizing experience. And not knowing exactly where we are. Are, are we nearing the end? Are we still like real kind of smack dab in the middle? Is this God help us all the beginning. For the first time, I feel like I have a little bit of a handle hold on what these exiles are experiencing. They're in the middle of, of, a, of a story that is evolving and is changing, and they don't have a whole lot of control over it, and they don't know how to anticipate what's coming down the road. And 
and they maybe think it's as bad as it could possibly get. And we have the, the ability to look back on the story and say, oh, oh it's, oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And so it's in that kind of context that Jeremiah sends this letter to the people living right there in the middle of the messy, horrific middle. And what does he say to those exiles in this letter? He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, dig in the dirt, throw some seeds at some soil, nurture those seeds, let some stuff grow, food, in fact, let food grow, eat it. Marry, have kids, find family, create family, be family to one another, build houses, live in them, grow food, eat it, create family, be family now. That's what Jeremiah writes to these folks living in the messy, horrific middle. <laughs> For me, the message this year, and uh, I hope many of you got, I hope actually all of you got mail from the church this week. And if you didn't get mail from the church this week, um, hopefully it's coming, it's just a little delayed, but definitely be in touch with us at the office if you haven't gotten mail from, from the church. If you got that mail from the church, you already know that what uh, Pastor Amy and I are inviting you to consider alongside with us, really inspired by Jeremiah's letter to the exiles in the, mess, in the middle of a messy, horrific middle, is to ground ourselves in those simple practices. How do we ground ourselves in the simple practices of creating shelter and growing food and being family for one another. Seeking the welfare of the city, even if it's a foreign land, even if it's strange people, seeking the welfare of the all around you because in their welfare, you will find your own. There is no liberation outside of collective liberation. <laughs> it's either for all of us or it's for none of us. So build houses, create shelter, create family, create food. Ground yourselves in the simple practices that begin to weave you together as a community, knowing that your welfare is wrapped up in each other's welfare. This, my friends, is the word of hope that I offer to you this morning, the word of longing and the word of hope. Jeremiah goes on to say, in the voice of God, God says to the people, I am giving you a future of hope. And I think that in Jeremiah's words, the grounding practices of nurturing self and community, I think that is a present of hope, not just a future of hope, a presence of hope. So friends, as we wait and watch and wonder and yearn and long for life together, May we be grounded in these simple practices that weave us together, that nurture ourselves and nurture our community. May we build shelter and eat food 
and be family. May it be so.